we should definitely ask Brett Favre what he thinks about this. Just so we have something to entertain ourselves with. I can't watch any more of this impeachment stuff, but I would listen to a Brett Favre interview about him. He just comes in firing from the hip. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Here's your host, Grant Bills. You know, two nights ago, all of our teams were idle. I had no games to watch. Monday night, the Bucks didn't play. Badgers didn't play. So that was that was two nights ago. That was Monday night. And then <laughs> I was a little bored. I got a little lost. Right? I had nothing to do. I was drinking Liney's original. I was re-watching old Rogers McAfee interviews. It's, it stunk. I was depressed. I was sad. I didn't have any basketball to watch. And without sports, maybe you're like me, I really don't have a way to regulate my schedule. Like, my day is centered around sports. I get up, I listen to this show, this podcast, I read throughout the day, then I, you know, I got to get home before this game starts and get to bed after this game's done. Like, that's my schedule. And I didn't have that on Monday night, and I hated it. Last night, Bucks are back on. Great, awesome, yes. But after further review, I would like to go back to Monday night, please. Uh, the Bucks almost gave me a brain aneurysm last night. That that was painful to watch. And as miserable as Monday night was with no basketball and I'm drinking sadness beer, watching old Packers highlights, I, I would have preferred that to what I saw last night. The Bucks lost to the Raptors, 124-113. This one, this one was especially annoying, and I'll explain why. Let's dig into this game a little bit. It's the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I hope you're having a great night, and don't worry if the NBA isn't your thing, if it's not your favorite thing. We're going to talk about a lot of different things today. We are going to talk NBA basketball, don't get me wrong, but we're also going to talk about the Brewers. They made another addition. David Stearns is just, he's firing from the hip. He's turning in. Remember when uh, John Horst was the general manager of the Bucks, called him Trader John? I don't know where this is coming from, but Stearns is just grabbing all sorts of guys, making trades making signings, even if they're not big-name signings. Yesterday, Travis Shaw is back on a minor league deal. So I want to talk Brewers coming up at 4.30. In the second hour of the show, we're going to talk a little Packers, and we're going to talk with our friend Ebo. Now, as you know, ebo has been banned from this program for about a week now. I don't know if, if Ebo's aware of that. I don't know if anybody told Ebo that he was banned. But ebo has been banned, and, and we kind of have beef. We have friendly beef, but it's beef nonetheless, and I'm... I think it'd be good for us to hash it out at 5.30. So you're going to not want to miss Ebo coming up in the second hour of the show. You're always welcome to join 608-796-2558 on the talking text line. I'm on Twitter at Wisco Grant. If Twitter's your thing, if it's not, stay away, stay clear. Twitter is a miserable hellscape and it's the worst. It's the absolute worst. But if you're already sucked in and you're already there, you might as well follow me at Wisco Grant. All right. Bucks lost last night. Let's get into it. I'm not going to lose my mind over this game, nor should I lose my mind or nor should you lose your mind over any regular season game. They play 82 of them. This year they're playing 70, but you get my point. There's there's a ton. It's not like the Packers where they play 16 games once a week and everyone means the world. Everything means the world. There's so much urgency in in the NFL. The NBA, not so much, right? And I'm not going to lose my mind over last night's game. They lose, it happens. They play a lot of games. And I'm not going to call for Coach Bud's job. That's not what I'm doing here. But last night was totally a microcosm of why Coach Bud has failed 
as a coach of the Bucs. Yes, they've won a lot of regular season games. And yes, they were on the doorstep of the NBA Finals. But as I've said with the Packers, said with the Brewers, the measuring stick for success is winning a championship. At least when you have an MVP, especially in football and in basketball. In baseball, you have an MVP. Okay, whatever. Mike Trout is... Has he ever played in the playoffs? Brandon Woodruff has more career home runs than Mike Trout. More career hits than Mike Trout. Brandon Woodruff. So baseball is a little different. But the Brewers have an MVP in that sport as well while we're keeping track. But with the Packers, they got an MVP. They have an all-time Hall of Fame quarterback. The measuring stick should be Super Bowls. I feel the same way about the Bucks. Giannis has now won two MVPs. They've been the number one overall seed twice. The measuring stick for success is at least making the finals. I'm not going to be upset if they make it and lose to a good team, but you got to get there, and they haven't done that, and that's why Coach Bud has failed, in a sense, as a coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. And last night's game was just a microcosm of exactly why he has failed and exactly why the Bucks haven't been able to make the finals. Last night was the regular season magnum opus, if you will, of Coach Michael Vincent Budenholzer. And yes, I added in his middle name for dramatic effect. His middle name is Vincent, if you didn't know that. Magnum opus, which is Latin for great work. According to Merriam-Webster, it sounds like I'm giving a terrible toast at a wedding. According to Merriam-Webster, magnum opus, great work, the greatest achievement of an artist or a writer. Last night was the regular season magnum opus of Michael Vincent Budenholzer. Last night was the American pie to Coach Bud's Don McLean or the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald to Coach Bud's Gordon Lightfoot or the sweet Caroline to Coach Bud's Neil Diamond. I would use Margaritaville as an example, but as true parrot heads know, yes, Margaritaville is, it's a hit and it gets the people going, but Jimmy Buffett has better songs than Margaritaville, so I purposefully left that example out. Last night was the regular season magnum opus of Coach Bud. Last night was a perfect microcosm, a perfect example of why he has not worked and why the Bucks have yet to make a finals despite being the best team in the league for the last two years. Last night was a perfect example why. The Raptors, who were without Kyle Lowry for the majority of the game, looked faster. They looked more talented. They looked more organized. They looked more deliberate and confident. They looked better in every sense. Two things I wrote down, because my laptop wasn't charged, so I actually had to take notes during the game last night. I have a bunch of post-it notes in the studio. They're actually stuck to the wall, and you can go see it. I, I tweeted a picture at Wisco Grant. Two things I wrote down. Number one, and I quote exactly, well, almost exactly, What is impressive about this bleeping team? Another thing I wrote down, I'm so bleeping uninspired. I understand last night's game isn't the end of the world. Last night's game in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter. It's one of 70. It's one regular season game. And the Bucs just had a great week. They had a great start to this road trip. And they're without Drew Holiday. Yes, yes, yes. I understand the constraints in which the Bucs are under. And I, I, I want to make it very clear. I don't think I'm overreacting. I'm simply using last night's game as a vehicle, as a, a, an example of the issue with Coach Bud. doesn't matter how many games they win in the regular season. There's just an issue with Coach Bud, and it was laid out so clearly last night. The Raptors look faster. They look more talented, more organized, more deliberate. The Raptors look better in every sense, despite their best player on the floor being uh, Fred Van Vliet. Right? Who who was overshadowed by Ron Baker at Wichita State? Fred Van Vliet 
was the best player on the floor for the Raptors last night, and he led the Raptors comfortably to a win of 11 points. Last night was a perfect example of why Coach Bud isn't isn't working. Not saying you should be fired, but I just I want to look at the evidence, and I want you to pay attention to the evidence last night. This game was tied 64-64 at halftime, and that's where I want to start. This game was tied all even at halftime, 64-64. Despite the Bucs having so many things go their way in the first half, the, the Bucs had things line up for them to have a huge first half and to be leading at halftime, but they weren't. It was tied. They shot amazing in the first half. At halftime, Milwaukee was 10 of 19 from three. That's 53%. That's really good. Toronto, 9 of 23. That's 39%. The Bucs shot substantially better in the first half from three. The Bucs are averaging, for perspective, the Bucs are averaging 39% from three this season. They bested that number by 14% in the first half. They were way better than average in the first half. Also, in, that, in the first half, you want to speak of uh, uh, outstepping averages. Pat Connaughton had 18 points and two blocks in 16 minutes. Pat Connaughton went off in the first half. At one point, Jim Paschke was like, what is going? Am I hammered? Am I really seeing this? Pat Connaughton had 18 points and two blocks in 16 minutes. Once again, to put that into perspective, Pat normally averages about six points in 19 minutes per game. He tripled that in one half. And at the end of one half, a half that saw Pat Connaughton triple his season average, and the Bucs outshoot their average three-point shooting percentage by 14 percentage points, after that half, the game was tied. It was, it was tied. It was even. The Bucs had so many things go correctly. They got good luck. The ball bounced their way. And it was tied. It was tied. They couldn't make hay with their great three-point shooting. They couldn't make hay with Pat Connaughton's great first half. It, 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 it just was. It was tied. It was 64-64. How does that happen? Because at halftime, if you shoot 60-70% from three and the game is close, that's concerning. Because if you shoot that well, you should be leading. You should be running away with the game. And if you're not, well, regression's going to hit like a ton of bricks in the second half. And it did for the Bucks. This is one of the reasons they lost. Another reason they lost, and this has been an issue all season, and it's only been exacerbated without Drew Holiday. Don't get me wrong. That, that is the underlying condition in all of this, is that, yes, Drew Holiday isn't playing, and he's a huge part of this team, the way this team was built in the offseason. And Giannis said as much in his postgame presser. But as I watch the, the, the second half, I got a headache. It brings me physical pain to watch this team play defense. A defense that was instituted by Coach Bud two years ago, and it worked really well. Drop coverage, meaning you're dipping under screens and Brooke Lopez is retreating into the restricted circle. So you're giving up some three-point shots. You're giving up floaters for the sake of protecting the rim. And two years ago, it was great. But over the course of the last two seasons, opposing teams have figured it out. And that's why Brooke Lopez looks so out of place. Something that I asked Dave DeFore about, our guest from The Athletic last Friday. It brings me pain to watch this team play defense. Do you know what it takes to get a wide open three against the Bucs? Do you know what it takes to get an open shot? Literally dribble the ball twice and make one pass. I'm, I'm not exaggerating. I'm not kidding. Make one pass. One parenthesis, one parenthesis pass. And you're wide open. You don't have to work the shot clock. You don't have to poke and prod the defense. No. Dribble the ball a couple of times and make a pass. There you go. Wide open. Or just stand at the top of the key. Just stand at the top of the key. The Bucs don't bother defending those threes. Somebody should tell Coach Bud that those threes still count the same. The ones from the top of the key, those, those are worth three points too. They don't defend those. Once again, not exaggerating. How many times did the Raptors just have a wide open three at the top of the key? 
happened all throughout this game, and it's hard to watch. It looked like a team that just wasn't really trying on defense, didn't really have an organization structure, didn't really have a plan. They just they, they ran a zone and weren't really trying hard to close out. And I think friend of the show, Bart Winkler, nailed it on Twitter last night. If you follow him at Winks Thinks, he said this, the Bucks play like when a legendary small-town state championship team reunites 10 years later for the alumni tournament and gets smoked by the freshmen. That's what it looked like. There was no, there was no second rotation on defense. There were no adjustments. It was just, well, line it up, and if they make a pass and they make a drive, well, they're open. Hope they miss. That's what it looks like. That's, what, that's how the Bucks play defense. It's tough to watch. Another example of how Coach Bud is just, it's, it's not working. And I know some of you are going to point the finger at Chris Middleton, and I, and I understand why. Chris Middleton had 11 points on eight shots last night. I personally would like Chris Middleton to be more aggressive, but I'm not going to blame Chris Middleton for this because it was very clear to me that Nick Nurse was intent on taking Chris Middleton away because that's what Nick Nurse does. He tries to take away strengths of the other team rather than stubbornly just doing his own thing, regardless of opponent, regardless of situation. Who does that sound like? A little bit like Coach Bud. Well, you know, we're going to, our system has brought us a lot of success and, you know, we won a lot of games. So, you know, we're going to trust it and stick with it. You know what Nick Nurse did? Nick Nurse, every game, cooks up a unique game plan. He thinks outside the box. And last night he was intent on taking Chris Middleton away and he did a good job. He did such a good job where the Bucks didn't have an answer. Bud had no answer. That's a Bud problem. That's not a Chris Middleton problem. If the Packers go away from the running game, You don't blame the running back. You blame the play caller. And while Coach Bud isn't a play caller like you have in the NFL, it's his job to guide and direct the offense. And you cannot finish a game at home losing to the Raptors by double digits when a healthy Chris Middleton only takes eight shots. That's not okay. And I've had this problem with Coach Bud for three years. Middleton succeeds sometimes in spite of the system that the Bucs run. They don't, they don't, from my perspective, they don't really run things for him. They just give him the ball and see if he can create his own shot. And he's not very good at that. They don't really run plays for him. They didn't seem to be running plays at all last night. And that was the problem at the end of the game. They didn't run anything, period. The final five minutes of the game last night were, I think, some of the most damning minutes against Coach Budenholzer that I've seen probably since 2019 in the Eastern Conference Finals. The score is 112-109. Bucks down three with 4.58 remaining. That's five whole minutes. Raptors take a timeout to stop the Bucks run. Here's their, here's their chance. Here's their opportunity. Here we go. Raptors come out of that timeout, go on a 6-0 run. They run smart, organized plays. They were scripted. They were executed perfectly. What do the Bucks do? I don't know. Let's A low percentage turnaround fade for Giannis. A low percentage mid-range push shot for Chris Middleton and a a Chris Middleton travel. Those are the next three plays. And look, to be fair to Coach Bud, I would call that too, the Chris Middleton travel. That's my, I would have dialed that one up too. That's my favorite play in in the playbook. Nick Nurse coached circles around Coach Bud, especially in the final couple of minutes last night. I just, I don't know what the Bucks are gonna do. They're in a tough spot. They're in a bad spot without Drew Holiday. Their bench isn't great. But the biggest problem of Zal is they just, the the same issues keep coming up. The drop defense, right? The lack of involvement at times for Chris Middleton and the terrible game planning and terrible execution down the stretch where Nick Nurse just excelled and Coach Bud shrank. Let's take a break. I want to keep talking about this game, but if the NBA isn't your thing, hey, bear with me. 
we'll get into baseball soon enough coming up at 435. I want to talk Brewers. The mayor of Ding Dong City, Travis Shaw. Travis Shaw. I almost said Travis Scott. Travis Shaw is back. We'll talk about that coming up at 430. A lot more of the Wisco Sports Show coming up. Stay tuned. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. show rolling on my name is grant bills on twitter at wisco grant i want to clarify a couple of things before we go any farther just finished our opening segment talking about how last night was a bad night for the bucks but especially a bad night for coach bud and pointed out all these different bullet points of coaching failures examples of where nick nurse was good last night and coach bud was not look i'm not arguing that the bucks should fire anybody i'm not saying that coach bud is the worst or that he's awful or that i hate him or anything I'm not doing that, right? I watched the game last night. I wrote down some notes, and I realized what the biggest talking points are, the most interesting part of last night's game. And to me, that was the coaching. So that's what we're talking about. Doesn't mean they should fire Coach Bud. That's not what I'm saying. I'm simply pointing out some of his failures last night, some of the areas the Bucks need to be better. I'm not trying to be toxic. I'm not calling for somebody else's job. No, 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 no. I'm just talking about the big story of the night. And to me, the way I see it, it was Coach Bud. Right? If you disagree, hey, you're more than welcome. Encouraged, rather, to text in and let me know. 608-796-2558. Once again, Twitter works as well, at Wisco Grant. I want to talk about the Bucks for about 10 more minutes, and then we'll put a lid on this conversation, and we'll change over to the Brewers coming up at 435. Travis Shaw is back. Uh, we can talk about um, Derek Fisher, too. And I have to apologize. I thought Derek Fisher was a relief pitcher. I guess he's an outfielder. <laughs> That's a bad look for me. But then again, I, I'll own that. I've, I didn't know who Derek Fisher was, and I'm learning about these new players like you are. That's kind of something I have to do every offseason during baseball season. There's a lot of players out there, very few of which I have background knowledge of. And that's okay. That's part of what's fun about baseball. There's a lot of roster turnover every year, and we get to learn all these new faces and these new names. I thought he was a relief pitcher. My bad. So I'll make up for that mistake, and we'll talk Brewers coming up in about 12 minutes. It's not all doom and gloom with the Bucks right now. I don't... I don't want to be all... They have lost four in a row, sure, and they look miserable without Drew Holiday. Hopefully Drew comes back. The Bucks start, you know, figuring things out. They win a couple of games, and we're moving on. We're talking about different things. Giannis provided a little bit of perspective last night. Eric Name asked how, in the midst of a four-game losing streak, the team can stay positive, and I thought Giannis did a really good job. This is a guy that I, I like to cheer for. This is a guy I can support. Keep getting better. Keep watch the form improve. Keep everybody in a good place. Uh, and my side is not the end of the world right now. It's not. It's really not. We have to be better. And obviously, one of our, our best players in the team and playmakers and best defenders on the team is not playing with us. Obviously, it's not an excuse. I'm not the guy that uh, gives excuses, but he's a big part of who we are. You know, and uh, we need him. We need him back uh, when it's safe uh, for him to play. And uh, that doesn't mean when he comes back, we're going to play better. Because it's a, it's a team thing, it's a group thing, huh? so so. But it's gonna make it a lot easier for Chris, for me, for Brooke, for Dante, for Brian, for everybody else, right? Offensively and defensively. Uh, but at the end of the day, guys, this is, you know, I don't, I'm not on social media. I'm not following social media right now. I don't have time. Liam takes all, all of my time. But 
uh, I kind of have the feeling that everybody's in a panic mode, which is should not be the case. We should keep improving. We should keep improving. We should keep playing good basketball. We should watch the film, and at the end of the day, we got to go out there and compete. You know, when you come here, nothing can be easy. You know, um, so yeah, that's that's it. So that's Giannis after last night's game. I, I want to hear from Coach Bud as well. Coach Bud was asked about, you know, the matchup with Nick Nurse and how the Raptors have gotten the better of the Bucks. And, and here's Coach Bud last night. Well, you know, uh, Coach Nurse has done a pretty good job up there in Toronto over the last couple of years. And, you know, they, they got the better of us tonight. There was some good and there was some bad. And, you know, we're just excited to get Drew back. And, you know, Chris, Chris had a rough night, but... You know, we don't expect that to continue. And, you know, we're we're very confident in the system that we run and in the defense that we run. And, you know, over the long haul over the season, you know, we'll, we'll get back on track. It's, it's a long season. So, you know, it'll just be nice to get Chris and Giannis and Drew back out on the floor together. And, you know, we'll get back to our winning ways. Don't worry. Yeah, that was Coach Bud from last night. That was actually weirdly motivational. Was, I, I liked that version of Coach Bud. I actually really liked what I what I had to hear. Giannis isn't wrong, by the way. It isn't the playoffs. Although losing four in a row in the playoffs is like their it's like their favorite hobby. So maybe that was a bad example. But Giannis is, is right. It's not the playoffs. They're not eliminated. They're not going home. But I, I want to push back on this idea that the regular season doesn't matter. At least for this year, for this Bucks team. I, I don't buy into that idea at all. I don't. I, I refuse to believe that this regular season doesn't matter for the Bucks. I won't. I won't believe that. Ebo today, who very much disagrees with me, and it's a big reason why he's coming on at five thirty, and we're going to beef this out on the air like men. He sent me this quote today. This is Chris Middleton from January twentieth. Chris Middleton said this: If you know they had something to prove against the Lakers back on the twentieth, this is his answer. Chris Middleton: I don't think so. There's nothing for us to prove in the regular season. For us, it's all about the postseason. Okay. For the last two years, I would certainly agree. The last two years were about the postseason. The regular season didn't matter last year. It currently doesn't matter for a team like the Lakers, who are the reigning champs. The Bucks are a lousy four games over 500. It's not like they have things figured out. They know their identity, and they got their offense down, and they got their defense down. They have a lot to figure out between now and April. Between now and the playoffs, which is coming up, it's it's pretty near here. Like, March is right around the corner. You know, February goes quickly. They have a lot to figure out. A lot of new faces on this team. And this missed time with Drew is not good. Because they only have so much time to work it out before the postseason anyways. And losing even two weeks of Drew Holiday, that's time that they can't improve. That's that's time that they can't spend working out the kinks. They're four games over five hundred. The idea that they're just going to get to the the postseason and flip a switch, there is no switch. It's not like they just start trying harder. They need to figure out their defense. They need to figure out how to more consistently get Giannis free of double teams. They need to figure out how to get Chris Middleton freed up on a night like last night. They got a lot to figure out. It's it's not that they're just flipping a switch. That's not how this is going to work. And that's why I brought up the Jazz yesterday. I think the Jazz are an interesting reference. The 23-5 and Jazz have become the new regular season Bucks. In the last 20 games, I researched this this morning, the Jazz are 19-1. and 19-1 against the spread. Not even 19-1 straight up. They're 19-1 against the spread. And if you bet the Bucks the last couple of years, you know they were free money. 
You bet the Bucks on the spread, especially after a loss last year. It was free money, and that's where the Jazz are right now. Their point differential is 9.5, and, and their one loss in their last 20 games, the Nuggets shot like 60% from three. Oh, an outlier night from three? That's how you used to beat the Bucks. That was the way to beat the Bucks. The Jazz have become the new Bucks. Interestingly enough, Quinn Snyder, the head coach of the Jazz, is a Greg Popovich disciple, just like Coach Bud. The Jazz are the Bucks two years ago. They're going to win a ton of games. They're going to blow teams out. This regular season doesn't really matter for the Jazz. They're going to have to prove it in the postseason. This regular season doesn't really matter for the Lakers. They just prove that they can win a title. But for the Bucks, th- this is not a... No, 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 no. They got a lot to figure out. The idea that they're just going to flip a switch and start winning in the playoffs, I do not buy into that. Not at all. <laughs> Let's take a break. I know some of you want to talk baseball. Let's talk Brewers. Travis Shaw's back. That's coming up next here on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I'm your host on Twitter at Wisco Grant. Just your daily reminder before we move on, that the Bucks really blew it. They really blew it in 2019. That was it. That was their shot. The championship was in the palm of our hand. The bird was in the bird was quite literally in the hand. The bird was not in the bush. The Bucks were up 2-0 with a lead, with a chance to go up 3-0 on the road in Toronto when there were fans in the stands. Remember that? They would have advanced to play the Golden State Warriors, who ended up not having KD, no Clay Thompson. That that was it. That was it. And as I was whipping through Twitter over the break, I just saw a couple of reminders. Oh, yeah, 2019 was was it. We can argue semantics about the drop coverage or this or that or what the Bucks are going to do with Pat Connaughton's contract, but that is that is the meat and potatoes of, of our Bucks fandom right now, is that 2019 was the opportunity, and they blew it. Interestingly enough, that's also the meat and potatoes of most of our Packers fandom right now, is they blew it in 2014, and they blew it in 2020. Sorry, I, I, th- I thought we'd start this segment on a low note and then, you know, nowhere to go but up. 608-796-2558. Chuck texts in and says, Hey, Grant, it's okay that you didn't know Derek Fisher was a outfielder. I saw an article posted yesterday with a picture of Derek Fisher of the Los Angeles Lakers, so at least you got the right sport. Yeah, right sport. I don't need to be number one, but I, I'm i not that guy. I knew is I knew it's not the Derek Fisher that cheated on his wife and got in a fight with Matt Barnes back in the day. I knew, I knew it was a baseball, a baseball Derek Fisher. I just, I got the position wrong. And I'm sorry, I'm learning too. A lot of new faces in baseball every single year. Last year was Ryan Healy and who the heck else? Did they be? Brock Holt and Omar Narvaez and I'm like, really? I gotta learn about all these guys only to watch him go 500 and get clobbered by the Dodgers? Great. Appreciate the texts, though. Jeff has been going back and forth with me about the Bears and Carson Wentz. We're going to have to talk about that at some point. I also appreciate Chuck texting in a couple of tweets as well. I tweeted a picture of the studio before we started. Uh, There's a little Easter egg in there in that picture. If you look a little bit more closely, especially at the computer screen, follow me on Twitter at Wisco Grant. 
Uh, let's see here. Williams says, Coach Bud, good regular season coach. System has been exposed in the playoffs the last few years. Looks like the Bucks are disinterested. I, I don't know. I, I think they might be a little... I think they're waiting for Drew Holiday to come back. You know, like, there's something to be said. You come in, you come in to work on a Friday, and you're, you're the only one in the building. It's like you and one other person. Like, I'm probably not going to go off and grind for eight straight hours. I'm probably going to... I'm going to walk nice and slow on my way to the bathroom, and I'm going to go fill up my water bottle a couple extra times, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to relax. Because if I'm the only one in the office, well, nobody's there to get on my case. And weirdly, that's sometimes I'm the most productive when work is like that. But I would imagine professional sports are the same way. He's like, what, Drew Holiday's hurts? Well, we'll just, it's fine. We'll take it easy. When he gets back, we'll really get down to brass tacks. I, I think maybe they're disinterested in that regard. But I do agree with you. Coach Bud's system was nails two years ago, and they had a lead two games to nothing in the Eastern Conference Finals, and they blew it. And ever since then, teams have caught on a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more onto Coach Bud's system, and it's become less and less effective. Yeah, I agree. Good tweet, Will. At Wisco Grant, if you want to jump in. Let's talk Brewers. Let's do it. It's been kind of a slow drip, a slow trickle. Maybe a little insensitive with what's going on in Texas, but it has been a slow drip the last couple of days for the Brewers. You know, a signing here and a, a trade there. You know, every couple of days, they'll do something. And this is very on brand for David Stearns, right? The big move has been made. The Colton Wong signing is done. Very akin to the Christian Yelich, Lorenzo Cain move a couple of years ago. They, they got their big moves out of the way with. Now they're filling out the roster in total David Stearns fashion. Low-risk, depth-type signings. Maybe some of these cheap, low-risk players explode and have a career year. That's what happened with Eric Kratz a couple of years ago, right? Like, it can happen. Probably not, but it can. And, of course, David Stearns knows that his skipper, his manager, Craig Council, will get the most out of everybody on the roster. It's quite the luxury as a general manager to know that you have the best uh, manager, the best leader in the entire sport. It's going to squeeze every ounce of production and, and talent out of every signing and every man on the roster. So let's look at the timeline here. It started back on February 5th, which feels like a month ago now, that the Brewers signed Colton Wong. Two years, $18 million. Talked about it at the time. I'll reiterate it now. I think that signing is offensively exactly what they need. This is what they need. Now, defensively, move some guys around and, you know, okay, Keston Hero plays first. You know, Luis Urias plays third. Okay, it's, it's not perfect, but it's, it's pretty good. You could do a lot worse. And offensively, the, 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 the positive that Colton Wong is going to be greatly outweighs any defensive inconvenience that this team is is having to deal with. And Colton Wong's a golden glover, so they'll figure it out. Offensively, it's perfect. This Brewers offense, the batting lineup, has guys who can hit home runs, have guys with pop. What they need is another guy to hit for average, which nobody does in the year 2020, 2021. And the Brewers got a rare guy. He's a 275 hitter over the last four years. Consistent. He is going to be getting on base, and he'll be a spark plug even when the home runs aren't there, which has always been the problem for the Brewers, right? Like, they don't win if they don't hit home runs. That's been the story of my entire life as a Brewers fan. Colton Wong is is almost like a little bit of insulation, right? For when the bats go cold, well, Colton Wong's going to help out with that a little bit. He'll, he'll still provide a little, little pop, but mostly average and on-base percentage, and you hope you get some of that with Lorenzo Cain as well. So this is a good shot in the arm. It's a specific shot in the arm for this Brewers offense. It's, it's a deliberate, specific shot in the arm. Uh, $18 million invested in a specific kind of hitter that this lineup really desperately needs. Heck, he might hit leadoff. I'm intrigued to see where Craig Council puts him. He's been at times unconventional with the leadoff spot, but I think Colton Wong could make sense. And then you could use Lorenzo Cain maybe in the, 
the three spot if he's hitting well, or maybe you could put him at six if he's not hitting as well. I'm not sold on Lorenzo Cain coming back and immediately being a, a leadoff hitter. I think Colton Wong might be a good candidate, but Council tries a lot of guys there. I'm, that's always a headline and a story and a position that I enjoy watching. So Colton Wong back on February 5th. Then two days ago, uh, the Brewers traded for Derek Fisher, who I believe Schmidt texted in yesterday and explained that uh, that no, he is not the NBA coach and player for the Lakers who cheated on his wife and got in a fist fight with Matt Barnes. Uh, he's the baseball player. I thought he was a relief pitcher. He's an outfielder. That's my that's my bad. Everybody, that's my bad. I didn't know. I I I thought I saw a relief pitcher somewhere, and I just went with it. Right? I got to do better research. That's my bad. And I'll admit to not knowing. That's fine. I I don't know any everything. Some some days I feel like I don't know anything. But in any case, uh, the, the outfielder, not the player who fought Bat Barnes. I, so their outfield is what Kane Yelich, Garcia. Now you need the depth. I don't think that's Derek Fisher. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe they'll put Orlando Arce out there. Who knows? Right Council will try something. So we got Derek Fisher. Yesterday, it was announced that the Brewers reached a deal with Brett Anderson pending a physical. Of, of course, he got a pass physical. So that deal isn't official yet. If you look at the transactions page on the Brewers website, Brett Anderson isn't listed there. It hasn't been official yet. He's got a pass his physical and a couple other things. So Brett Anderson, assumedly, will be the fifth member of that rotation. It'll probably go Woodruff. Burns, one, two, and then some combination and some order of Lindblom, Hauser, and Anderson. Okay. I like the way the rotation's shaping up. I, I like the way it's all coming together. And I really like Adrian Hauser. I am, I am planting my flag on the Adrian Hauser mound. The flag of the Wisco Sports Show poof, has been stabbed in the earth of the, the Adrian Hauser is going to be good take. Like, I, I want to plant my flag there. I think he's going to have a great year. I think he's going to take a step in the right direction. I think we've seen it in moments with Hauser, like we saw it in moments with Woodruff and with Peralta and with Burns. And, of course, we know that those three pitchers have come along and developed and become more consistent, which is a big part of going from a young, exciting player to a consistent, productive player. It's consistency. You need to be consistent. Freddie Peralta could give you one amazing start, and then he'd give you six terrible ones. The, the magic in developing and, and becoming a better player is being more consistent. Same with Devontae Adams. Remember 2014, he had two or three great games. He, he always had the skills. Now he's worked on those skills and he's gotten better, but it's about being consistent, providing the same amount of production every single night. And I think Adrian Hauser is well on his way to that. So I, I like the way this rotation is shaping up. Now, amazingly, even after all of those moves, David Stearns was still active, still doing things. And yesterday brought Travis Shaw back on a minor league deal for a million and a half bucks. This is the kind of cheap move that I would normally be repulsed by, but not this year. Uh, I'm, I'm only angry at Coach Bud right now. I, I don't know if energy to go after anybody else. I like this move. I like this Travis Shaw move, and I think some Brewers fans, they wanted more. They wanted something bigger. They wanted Justin Turner or, or Mike Moustakis, which I still wish he was on this team. I think they made a big mistake letting him go. Could have kept him. You didn't have to keep Grandal and Moose, but you could have kept Moose. He was so perfect. He's beloved. Wish he was still in Milwaukee. But Travis Shaw on a minor league deal for less than two million bucks, I'll take it. Last offseason, the Brewers essentially brought in a bunch of these Travis Shaw type moves. Healy, Sogard, Holt, Narvaez. And I hated it because in that offseason, they were trying to replace Grandal and Moose. They weren't trying to sign a new 
you know, triple A team, which is essentially what they went out and, and did. This offseason, they brought in Wong, and you got to think they're getting Lorenzo Cain back, so that's almost like a signing as well. They expect progression and, and, and a bounce back year from Christian Yelich and Kasten Hira. You don't need to go out and make huge moves because you already got Wong. You're getting Kane back. Offense should bounce back. I think Hauser's going to take a step in the direction, so they just need to fill out the roster. This is a perfect fill-in-the-gap, fill-out-the-roster type move because their gaps right now are small. I think this team is pretty good, and some win projections, uh, specifically baseball prospectus, they would tend to agree. They think the Brewers are going to be pretty good, too. I know the fan graph projections for the playoff percentages, that came out today. Let's talk about that coming up next. And, and by the way, if you have any Brewers takes, Brewers opinions, I see we have a couple of texts. We'll get to those on the other side of the break. 608-796-2558. I know y'all love talking Brewers, so I want to hear from you. Your opinions on all the moves we made so far, because I just listed them all off. Just went down the rundowns. We have all the background knowledge. What do you think? Let's hear your opinions. Hear your takes. Text me, 608-796-2558. We'll continue talking baseball, Brewers, Craig Council, all of it. Coming up next here on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show rolling on. Thanks for hanging out. My name is Grant Bills. I'm glad you're here. I, I think I'm getting a sense trying to read the room. I think people are glad that we're talking about the Brewers. Pitchers and catchers report today, so maybe maybe we stood, should have started the show with the Brewers. Is that on me? It's a big day. Pitchers and catchers report. A day that we long for for months. Hey, only 70 days until pitchers and catchers report. Hey, only 30 days. It's a countdown. Always. It's a big deal. I want your thoughts and your opinions on the Brewers. Your takes. Give me your takes. Fire away. 608-796-2558. Send me a text. You can also tweet at me if you'd like, at Wisco Grant, which our friend Hunter does. He says, F yeah, we're talking about the Brewers. And then he includes a gif of Jimmy Nelson, a player that should still be on the Brewers. The National League would just adopt the DH. Jimmy Nelson would be a Cy Young candidate. At least that's the way I choose to remember Jimmy Nelson's career. Uh, a couple of texts coming in. Rob sends a text in, and I think Rob, you're about to drop some knowledge on us. He says, speaking of the Milwaukee Brewers, one of the first American League teams was the Brewers in 1901. Yes, I am that big of a Brewers nerd. And he sends me a screenshot. I will read said screenshot from, uh, this looks like it's from Google News. The 1901 Milwaukee Brewers were an American baseball team. The Brewers finished eighth in the American League with a record of 48 and 89. That's right on brand. (laughs) 35 and a half games behind the Chicago White Stockings. After the season, the club left Milwaukee for St. Louis and became, well, the team of St. Louis. So if I'm reading this correctly, Rob, the Brewers were around for one year in 1901. They were garbage, and then they left for bigger and better things in St. Louis. That's, that sounds about right. That actually makes a whole lot of sense. Very on brand. Uh, this text comes in, and I don't have your name, so if you'd like me to address you by a name, a nickname, or your actual name, just text me back and let me know. This text simply says, Nice to have a show where you're not drooling over Rogers. Well, there's still time. You still have an hour and eight minutes. It's only 4.52. Don't count me out. Um, I, I don't think we're going to do any drooling over Rogers today. We are going to talk a little Packers coming up at 5.20. I want to revisit something that Andy Herman and I talked about yesterday, but I don't I don't think we're going to be drooling over Rogers. We're taking a break to give you a, a sneak peek. 
Uh, we're taking a break at 5 o'clock, and then I want to talk a little Bucks, a little Packers, and then we're going to beef with Ebo at 5.30 because Ebo and I have beef. It's it's friendly beef, but it's it's beef nonetheless. So I, I don't think we're going to be drooling over Rodgers, but don't speak too soon. Still an hour and an hour and seven minutes left, so don't count me out, but I appreciate your text. 608-796-2558. Schmidt says, what is the forecast for you and I being able to slam some beers at AFF this year? Is that what we're, are we calling it that? The, Schmidt raises an important point. Are we going to, are we going to, what are we referring to the field as? American Family Field, we going to call it AFF? It's kind of slick, but I've never once called Pfizer Forum FF. Never said that. I don't even call Fleet Farm FF. So I don't know. Is AFF going to, is that going to work? What are the chances that you and I are going to be able to slam some beers? Well, I, I don't know. You have to give me your schedule. You're gonna have to let me know. I, I am, I am making it to AFF American Family Field by hook or by crook this year. I don't care if I have to hitchhike. I don't care if I have to scalp tickets off the side of 94. I'm going. I will be in that ballpark with a beer in my hand. I don't care if the team is garbage. I don't care if this team doesn't win a single game. I'm going. I'm going. I'll rappel over the side of the stadium with a grappling hook if I need to. So if you're willing to come along for that, Schmidt, I'd say the chances are. Pretty darn high. Appreciate the text. We're just kind of running down what the Brewers have done so far this offseason, right? They've signed Colton Wong. That was their big move. That was their moneymaker. That was their right hook. And then since then, it's it's been these fill-out-the-roster type moves. Add some depth, you know, plug a gap here, provide some depth here, an insurance policy here, take a low-risk, high-reward swing here. So Colton Wong, two years, $18 million. And then Derek Fisher who I mistakenly referred to as a relief pitcher, which is not the case. He's an outfielder. My bad. Uh, but not the NBA Derek Fisher, as I was originally confused about. So they got a, a depth outfielder in Derek Fisher. And then they added Brett Anderson yesterday, which I, I think is kind of a sneaky, sneaky, uh, possibly good move. I, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not jumping up and down about Brett Anderson. He's not Trevor Bauer. He's not Sonny Gray, who I got to be great if the Brewers could get Sonny Gray. Maybe that's one that they missed over the last couple of years, too. It's it's not an ace. It's not Clayton Kershaw, but I think Brett Anderson at the bottom of the rotation, he could be exactly what the Brewers need. Here's the comparison. Brewers fans, listen up. This is one you'll appreciate. Is it possible that Brett Anderson this year could fill the Dave Bush role in the starting rotation? Yeah, yeah. You like the sound of that, right? He can fill the Dave Bush role which I will always use Dave Bush as the comparison for the last starter in the rotation. Are you above or below the Dave Bush line? If you're above the Dave Bush line, you can start as a pitcher for my team. If you're below, sorry, you're relegated to middle relief. It's the, it's the Dave Bush line. But Write that down. Somebody write that down. That's the new marker. That's the line of demarcation for competency in starting pitching for the Milwaukee Brewers, the Dave Bush line. And I think Brett Anderson can play the Dave Bush role. Yeah, he's not Giovanni Gallardo. He's not Zach Greinke. He's not Sean Markham. Heck, he might not even be Randy Wolf. Okay, sue him. But he could be Dave Bush. <laughs> and if Corbin Burns is as good as he's been and Woody's as good as he's been and if Adrian Hauser is going to pitch as good as I think he will, they don't need another ace. They just need somebody consistent and reliable to stay healthy and give them starts and eat innings at the bottom of the rotation. Dave Bush, perfect example. I think Brett Anderson can be this Brewers team's Dave Bush. Think about that. 
I hadn't considered that until now, but I'm going to start using Dave Bush as an example a little bit more often. Of course, Travis Shaw was the move they made yesterday. One that we've been talking about too. Minor league deal for a million and a half bucks. If he makes the major league roster, he gets some more incentives. I think he can make another million and a half. And then if he doesn't make the major league roster, he's free to take his option and, and head elsewhere too and, and pursue a major league opportunity, which is understandable. He's not Mike Moustakis, but maybe he could be, what's a really forgettable Brewers third baseman? Maybe he could be Matt Gamble. Although Matt Gamble is a tough case study because we we were waiting on Matt Gamble for years. So as poor as he was, we had high expectations of Matt Gamble. So that's a little bit different. Who's a really forgettable Brewers third baseman? You know what? We got a couple of minutes. I'm going to look up Brewers third baseman. See who we get. Brewers third baseman. Men, plural. Let's look down the list. I love looking into the annals of Brewers history. And am I using that word correctly? Annals. If Brett Anderson can be the Dave Bush, let's see here. Uh, Aramis Ramirez. Yeah. Oh, I got it. I got it. I nailed it. If Travis Shaw can be this year's Bill Hall, the Brewers will be in good shape. Was he third base? Why is he showing up? We got Casey McGee, Mike Moustakis, uh, Gary Sheffield, Chris Carter. Chris Carter was a first baseman. Google's really been letting me down here. Did Mark Reynolds play third base? That could be a pretty good comparison, too. I'm not trusting all of these results. I'm going to have to do some deep research. If Travis Shaw can just be competent at third base, I think that's all they need. And what a great story that would be making his triumphant return to Miller Park after just a miserable last season in Milwaukee. And they gave him every chance in that season in Milwaukee to be good. They stashed Keston here in the minors like he was a frozen pizza buried at the bottom of the chest for you. They just, no, Keston here, stay in the minors. We need to get Travis Shaw going. We need to get Travis Shaw going. And it just never happened. It just never came around. And the Brewers ended up wasting a couple of weeks. And I contend that the Brewers missed an opportunity that summer because they just tried too hard to get Travis Shaw going. And I bet if you get Craig Council on some truth serum, I bet he would uh I bet he would agree with that as well. That they waited just a little bit too long for Travis Shaw. Okay, let's take a break. Let's come back on the other side of this hour. I want to talk a little bit more NBA. We are gonna talk Packers a little bit, but much to the uh the appreciation of of one texter. I'm not gonna drool over Aaron Rodgers. And then we're gonna beef with Ebo. So crack your knuckles, get ready, because we're gonna it might get a little tense with Ebo coming up at 5.30. More of the Wisco Sports Show coming up after this. Wisco Sports Show rolling on. My name is Grant Bills on Twitter at Wisco Grant. Scott tweets and says, is it possible that Coach Bud just wants out of the Cream City? He seems disengaged this year. I don't know, Scott. He's from Arizona. Spent a lot of time in Texas. Maybe he just doesn't like the cold, although everywhere is cold right now. It's, it would be an interesting idea, though, that a coach is actually trying to get fired. I don't know if I've ever seen that before. Maybe there's a movie about that. Typically, it's the other way around. You hire a bad coach because you want the team to lose, not... Because, you, you know, it's the other way around. It's the whole Major League Ted Lasso element. Might have to come back to that theory, Scott. Appreciate your tweet. Uh, this interview has been, uh, it's been very hyped. It's been uh, much promoted for the last hour and a half. It's, it's our friend Ebo from The Zone in Madison. Ebo, how are you doing today, by the way? I spoke with you yesterday, but, you know, what's going on? How are you this week? Well, as the interview should be hyped, Grant. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Uh, I am on cloud nine. 
all day, every day. I'm always on cloud nine. Grant, I'm living the best life I've ever lived because I'm not pushing any daisies. Yeah, you bring the best attitude to the show. It's hard to be mad when I'm talking to you, but I, but I, I do have to say I, I am kind of mad at you right now. You've actually been banned for the show um, for a full week. I won't have your Middleton slander. I won't have it. And I guess uh, you could say that a cancel culture has has come for you in, in that regard. Yeah, yeah. All because I was listening to your sh- your fine program, Grant Bill. Thank you. I was you. listening to your fine program, and I heard you talking about Chris Middleton in ways I've never heard anyone talk about Chris Middleton. And I had to tell you that he's just not a number two. That's what did it. Oh, this we're doing this. You don't like Chris Middleton? I thought we'd all come around as Bucks no. fandom. No, I don't mind Chris Middleton. Okay, well, that's hardly a ringing endorsement. But you said like. I said mine. You know, it's, it's <laughs> you don't, that, that makes sense. That okay, makes sense. Let me, let me rephrase that. I don't, I, I don't like Chris Middleton in the playoffs when he has to have a game of his life and he doesn't show up. Sure. That's when I don't care for Chris Middleton. Sure. Well, and maybe, to be fair, you seem to be the type of man that prioritizes playoff games over regular season games. You're not a big NBA regular season guy. And I was talking about this yesterday, and I guess some of your listeners, they they got the word to you. They brought it to your attention this morning. I love the NBA regular season and the playoffs. I will watch all these games given to me. That's what I do this time of year. It's my hobby. And yet some haters on Twitter, you included, they want to bring me down. And I know that you're about being on cloud nine and having a great attitude. And I'm not going to let the haters ruin this for me, but I got to say, we kind of have beef. I want to talk about this. Like, what, what do you got against regular season NBA games? Well, Grant Bills, let me just let me just bring it back a little bit. I have nothing against the NBA regular season or the people, I should say, that enjoy the NBA uh-huh. regular season. But I don't care to waste my time. Grant, what it is is I like the fourth quarter in NBA regular season games. I've seen bleeds disappear instantly in the fourth quarter. In fact, right before I came on your fine program, I did look up the biggest Milwaukee Bucks comeback in fourth quarter history, trailing by 29 points in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. The Bucks came back to beat the Atlanta Hawks 117-115 to 115 in the year 2012 of our Lord. My question is, why would I have to watch the first quarter, the second quarter, and the third quarter when I could just watch the fourth quarter of the Bucks come down from 29 points to win Grant Bills. Also, the NBA was toiling around with the idea of literally having a package where you only watch the fourth quarter. You pay for just the fourth quarter, and they give you just the last couple-minute highlights. Grant, it sounds like the NBA hates itself in the regular season. Wake me up when they get to the playoffs. Well, the NBA, Ebo from The Zone, by the way, the NBA does hate its own product. Do you ever watch Inside the NBA with Chuck and Shaq? They, they hate the game. They hate it. All they do is complain <laughs> about how many three-point shots are taken. So I don't disagree with you. I think the league kind of does hate itself and its own product. Grant, okay, yes, true. I, don't get me wrong. I love NBA, like, I, just not as much as I once did. Sure. Grant, I watched the Milwaukee Bucks, Giannis's rookie year, win 15 games. I watched, like, every regular season uh, game that, well, obviously, because there was no playoffs. They, they bring in 115 games. Mm-hmm. Grant, I subjected myself to that. I grew up in the 90s watching the Bucks. I subjected myself to that. The 2000s, I subjected myself to that. Then I saw the Bucks in 2001 against the freaking 76ers, and the NBA rigs it again. I'm not even kidding. This conspiracy theories are all the rage right now. This is proven. Agreed. Rigs it against the Bucks, against the Sixers, so the Sixers can play the Lakers. I am a scorned Bucks fan. And then I go see them in the playoffs winning, you know, number one seeds. Grant, do they hang banners 
and now the Pfizer form for number one seeds? No, absolutely not. They do it for championships. That's why I've, I've seen the lowest of the low in the regular season, and I've seen the highest of the high of whether the one seed 60-plus game winners, right? Mm-hmm. But I want to see a championship in the playoffs. I, I need the playoffs. Chris Middleton said it himself a couple weeks ago. They don't care about the regular season. They only care what they do in the playoffs. I actually, I think we're agreeing here. We just, we just spend our nights doing different things. Like we, we agree, it's all about championships. What do you do? Do you have a life? Is that what you're telling me? Where you, you don't, you do other things, not watching games at night. Well, I mean, Grant, I will, I will watch Badger basketball all the time. Of course, I'll watch, you know NFL games, you know when they're on. Of course, I watch college football games at night when it's on. But in, it's just something with the NBA. It. The regular season, listen, I'm not knocking anyone for loving it, so don't take me as me knocking you for you know, watching it. I was once like you, Grant. I would watch, you know, from first, you know, tip off till the whistle at the end blew. It's just I need to see it done in the playoffs. They've already been champions, quote, unquote, in the regular season. They don't hang banners for that. I want to see them get in the playoffs and then hang a banner at the end of the year. That's understandable. The, the, the Detroit Pistons were in the playoffs last year. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, no, but like, there's there's a difference between being the eighth seed and being the one seed. Like, a lot of teams in the NBA make it into the postseason. Like, you got to understand that. And I look, I don't have much else to do. You have a lovely wife. It it seems to me through your social media that you're making delicious food all the time, and you're working out, and you're doing these fun activities together. I just go home after work and I see who's playing. So I, I think we agree. We just spend our free time different ways, and that's fine. I, I've learned something about you. I think you've learned something about me. So we're making progress. And I think I think this interview is getting a lot less contentious as it goes along, which which I'm appreciating. Man, I have nothing but love for you, my man. Yeah, I mean, I will even if you are banning me. I this is listen, it's not the first <laughs> thing I've been banned from. The, all good, brother. I just look at you and I smile with a warm heart. Grant got nothing but love. You are the best, Ebo. Ebo does the morning. And by the way, you've been on with Bill in the afternoon. So is there a plan? You're a bigwig at our company, Ebo. You are in all the meetings. You know everything. Is there a plan? Are we going to get Bill like a producer? Or are they just going to have you hang around and it's going to be Ebo in the unit every day? Like, how, how is that working? Oh, no. oh Grant, it, it's working swimmingly. Listen, I mm-hmm. enjoy my time you know, helping the unit out. We're glad that he's on the network. And it's been great, you know, interacting with them. But yes, Grant, he, the the producer is coming. <laughs> the thing is, it just takes a little time, baby. So yes, the big reveal will happen when it happens, and it'll be sooner than later. That's all I'll say. Cool, cool. I hope we're breaking the bank together. I don't even know who a famous producer is. Like I don't, I don't think there is such a thing. But I'm excited to see. And and well, I know a lot Grant, of. Did you ever produce? Um. Well, no, because. You know, you well, look Ebo. at the ascension, the rise like a phoenix. Ebo, Ebo, you are you are in. Let, let, you are a coastal elite when it comes to Wisconsin sports radio. That's how it works. You work at this Whoa. huge station, huge market. There's dozens of employees and interns and staffers running around to get you coffee and to make you copies. We are salt of the earth people here in Lacrosse. If something gets done, it needs to be done by me. I don't have a producer. I don't have a call screen or nothing like that. Man, I don't know if you realize this, but I work for three different stations, brother. I don't even. I wish I had an intern. <laughs> I had a tele. I had a telemarketer to call in the other day during the show. I tried to hire him on the spot to use my intern. <laughs> He's trying to sell me in my car warranty, which has expired, I guess, like ten years ago. I need to get up on that, I guess. Uh, but I'm like, dude, come work for me. I need someone to get me coffee. I'm busy. 
Oh, that's funny. That's funny. No, I, I was never a producer, but it, it'll be good. I know everybody's happy to have Bill back, and, and I think everybody's excited to, to have that show be a part of the network. Before I ask you, I, I want to ask you about the Badgers, but one more question while we're talking about the network. I don't know if you saw this yesterday, and I brought this up on the show. Zach Heilprin, who is a friend to, to us both and, and a great contributor to both of our shows, he retweeted one of my tweets yesterday, and I genuinely am concerned for his well-being because that is so out of character for Zach to do. Have you heard anything? Is he okay? Grant, do you have your phone in your hand right now? I do, yeah. Go to Zach's timeline and tell me if you even see your tweet retweeted on there. I'll kill a little time when you do it. I, I highly suggest you do it right now because I, I feel like you're going to be in the root for awakening. I'm on my way. Zach, what he likes to do, and he's done the same, which I, I think what he did to you, which he did to me. It's still there. He will retweet your, oh, it is. Wow. But I know what you're Zach saying. Continue. Continue. He will retweet me, and then he'll undo the retweet to give the illusion of the retweet. And then he'll walk around all smug like, hey, hey, I just retweeted you. <laughs> and then you go and look, and it's gone. But it still says it's in your notifications. He's a, he's a, he's, he's a trickster. Yeah. He's a trickster, that one, but I love him. I, I screenshotted it just so we have it on the we have it on the record. I'm going to put that on the cloud and on my phone. I'm going to put that everywhere. So I, I need that in my back pocket. Uh, I'm going to fact check this. Once, once we're off the phone, I'm going to fact check this. I'm going to go to Zach's timeline and see if it's there. Well, there's no way that he's listening. So it's it's fine. There's no way he spends his time listening to this show. Are you kidding me? He, because Zach is sometimes, um, let's say, turned off a little bit at times over the last few years by my commentary on the Badgers. And this is why, actually, I want your help today, Ebo, because you have been working and living in Madison for a while you know how it works. I'm a relative newcomer to your city, to your market of Madison. Now, I've been watching the Badgers for a long time, but not in, like, the context and in the town of the Badgers themselves. Like, I've spent very little time. I take a trip once or twice a year, but I, I've never spent extended time, months or years in Madison like you have. When you talk about Badgers games, like the Badgers lost on Sunday, very frustrating, and there were certainly some performances that left a little bit to be desired. When you talk about these games, because these are kids— Right? Like, how exactly are you are approaching your analysis? Because they're 18, 19, 20 years old, right? Uh, do I need to, do you need funny, to tread bro. lightly, or, or what do I need to do here? Well, Grant, I mean, I try to be a respectful individual to anyone and everyone, even mm-hmm. the haters who are, you know, screaming in my face to the, the lovers. I, 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 I'm the golden rule. Treat others the way you want to be treated. And sometimes when I'm effing up, I, I need a little, like, you know, a, a harsh, not harsh, but Stern. I need a a stern, straight-up truth, like, yo, hey, Ebo, you're rebounding like crap right now. Uh, let's, Grant, imagine, <laughs> I'm si- imagine I'm 6'11". I'm the tallest guy on, let's say, I played for the, the, the Badgers, yep. just for an example. Let's say I'm 6'11", and I am the tallest guy on the roster, and I come away with no rebounds, no free throws, and no points in the paint. Aren't you going to look at me as your teammate, Grant? Like, hypothetically, I'm on the Badgers, and mm-hmm. I'm 6'11". Wouldn't you look at me and say, like, yo, man, it's been a problem like this because you've been doing it a few games. It's time to, I don't know, do something about it. Like, there's a way to be, you know, tactful and truthful and stern. But, Grant, the stat that we've been throwing around a lot or that everyone's been throwing around a lot, the average starting age for the Wisconsin Badger basketball team Mm -hmm. is older than the starting age for the Chicago Bulls. Why is it that we can criticize the Chicago Bulls, who are younger than the Badgers, but we can't criticize the Wisconsin Badgers, who are older than the Chicago Bulls. But they're kids, but the Bulls are adults. Can you explain that one to me? Is it just because they get money in the NBA? Is that it? I, I mean, I... Trice is, yeah. Trice is 24 years old. 24, so old. Grant. He's older than me by Grant, two, by almost two years. Yeah. How old are you? 
I'm 22. I turn 23. Uh, what's the day today? I turn 23 next week. Well, happy early birthday, Grant. Are you, you an adult or are you a kid? Um, I would consider myself an adult. Demetri Trice is two years older than you. <laughs> this is How's what I needed. How's he a kid? How's he a kid? Yeah, this is what I needed. My concern, Ebo, and I, you know what? We're being honest. I'll be 100% honest. I always, I try to be honest on this show. I made a mistake. I thought that the, the Brewers' new player, Derek Fisher, I thought he was a relief pitcher. My bad. He's an outfielder. I, I'll own up to that. I will own up to Wait, this, too. You didn't play for the Lakers? No, different different Derek Fisher, yeah. Oh. I, I guess I guess my question is, if I all of a sudden start criticizing, let's say, uh, 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 let's just say Nate Reavers. Wait, let's, let's rip the mask off here. Nate Reavers didn't have a great game. Micah Potter didn't have a great game. They just they didn't control the boards. They were pushed around. Let's say I say on this this program that they played poorly, they were soft, all these things. I just don't want to upset Badgers fans because in my experience, sometimes Badgers fans we be a little touch and go. Sometimes Badgers, the, the Badgers athletics, they're a part of people's identity. Like you insult the Badgers, you're insulting somebody, and I don't want to do that. So I guess this is why I ask you. Oh, okay, Grant, a uh, thing that I live my life by is I literally do not care what anyone else thinks about me. <laughs> I, don't, I literally could care less. The only person I care about thinks about me is my wife. Okay. And my parent and my mom. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Like, don't care. But Grant, Nate Reavers and Michael Potter, the team itself, they should be they, – they, there's a way to be tactful about it and there's a way to be respectful in a way what you're still trying to convey a certain message, right? Sure. It's, it's softness. It's, when you watch Badger basketball, it's not supposed to be soft. You're, supposed to, you're in the Big Ten, blue collar. You're supposed to bump and grind. You know, grind it out, and they're not doing that. So there's nothing wrong with saying that. Badger fans are watching it. They know. They know what the Badgers are. Mm-hmm. And right now, what the Badgers are supposed to be, they aren't. So, and they can figure it out. They have the pieces to do it. They have the talent. They have the leadership. They did it last year. They won eight games in a row, right? Yeah. We got oh, to share the big yeah. Ten. yeah, they have so, the leadership. They have the experience. I just I want to see them put it together. But they got some tough Badger matches. Fans. Don't worry about Badger fans because they know and they're watching the same game you're watching. If you're a true Badger fan, you know. That it's soft. Ebo, I feel so much better after this conversation. I want you to know that this is that those the last two minutes maybe the most serious conversation we've ever had. I felt I felt good, Grant. It yeah. felt good. I think we're in a, we're kinda, in a good spot. Like, I'm not to. I kind of feel like a Jedi, and I, I feel like you're my Padawan. I feel <laughs> oh, like this okay. is like a okay. like I am like Obi Wan, and you're Anakin Skywalker. Well, all right, all right. And eventually you'll turn into the Dark Lord, and you'll then, you know, try to get after me, and then you'll rule us all. Try to, your ascension is, you're never a producer. Your ascension is huge. Try to strike you down, and then Zach will destroy us both. That's how this is going to go. Yeah, you got it. Evo, hey, enjoy the night. Enjoy the rest of the week. I don't know if I'll talk to you again, but it's good to know that if you ever want to call or text in, you are now able to because you're no longer banned. This is much needed. Well, Grant, from what a day. From, from being banned to unbanned to the most enlightening conversation ever. Yeah. Talking Star Wars at the end. It's, it's a beautiful thing. I appreciate you having me on, Grant. And I will never ban you from my show because I will never silence <laughs> anyone's transmission. Thanks, Ebo. Have a good one. See you, buddy. Ebo, uh, over the line, mornings on The Zone and on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Appreciate you, Ebo. Thanks a lot. That was some good perspective on how to reasonably, professionally, and uh, personally, I would say, analyze our Wisconsin Badgers basketball team. Let's take a break. Couple of texts, couple of tweets to get to. We'll wrap up the show coming up after this. It's the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.